Coming up in today's episode, the magical number is 15. And it's probably not going to take you too long to figure out why this is important today. We're also going to look at metrics and numbers being used to build relationships between marketing and sales teams and how it's important to use numbers and accountability when these teams are working together. And our super fast sales hack is stockpiling for the holidays. Running a successful business isn't about being clever. It's about making good decisions to improve your important numbers. Matthew Day's been helping business owners like you get better numbers with advice, systems, and data since 2004. If you want magical numbers, listen to Matthew. If you want them faster, visit matthewday.com forward slash faster. Here's Matthew. So today's magical number is 15. Today is the 3rd of December, 2018. And with all things being equal, there would be 16 selling days, including today, until Christmas Day. But Christmas Day is on a Tuesday this year, so in all likelihood, that Monday just before Christmas is going to be a bit of a write-off, especially if you're selling B2B, because there's likely to be some sort of shutdown over the Christmas festive period. And if that happens, and it happens in your sector and your industry, then it's very likely that your last selling day before Christmas is going to be that Friday before Christmas week. And that means you have just three weeks to sell this month. And that is 15 selling days. Now, in an average month, there's about 21 selling days. So that means you need to focus on a 40% uplift in activity to hit the very same sales numbers in fewer days. So do make sure that your marketing teams and your sales reps are all well aware of this number and count it down on a daily basis up until that Friday before the Christmas week so that they're really focused on making sure they hit their numbers for you this month. We're looking now at how to use metrics and numbers to build relationships between marketing and sales teams. And you might say, well, how can we build relationships just using numbers? Well, it's not just about using numbers. There's a couple of other bits that are important as part of this, uh, including some setting of accountability and responsibilities. But I thought uh, using a real life scenario would be a good way to help share this with you and for you to get some ideas about how your marketing and sales teams are working together. It doesn't really matter whether they are an outsourced marketing team or they're in-house or whether you've got an outsourced sales team um, or remote sales team or in-house team. Uh, It's about making sure that there's some clarity and some accountability and responsibilities around their numbers. So I thought it'd be useful just to give you a real life scenario here and share with you a meeting that I had a month or so ago with one of my private clients. So this is an organisation that's based offshore. It's a finance business based just off the British mainland and they have a sales teams that are dotted around Europe. They're a pretty prestigious brand. They've, they've got a very good Uh, marketing team they've got a great brand high quality very premium looks sharp really very sharp high quality uh, marketing material but they have a challenge in that with all this great marketing material and the marketing activities uh, that they're undertaking after they're handed over to the sales team the sales team just seem very disinterested in the leads that are being generated and you might ask yourself well 
If we've got a great brand and we've got loads of marketing activities going on that are generating leads, why on earth are our sales reps not following up with the leads that are being generated? And through conversations with their head of sales and their head of marketing, uh, I was able to help dig into why they are having this trouble. So they have this spreadsheet each week that the marketing uh, passes over to sales to say, look, here's all the leads that have uh, come in this week and here are the contact details. And what happens is the sales team go through that list and they go, yeah, no, oh, that's got a uh, that's got a Hotmail email address, so we won't bother following up with that one. That one's Gmail, we won't bother following up with that. Uh, let's have a look at this. Uh, let's have a look at their email addresses and just uh, maybe have a look at the websites and see whether we like the look of the website that's associated with the email address. And if we do like the look of it, then we'll probably give them a call. So, so they get this big long list of, of inquiries that have come in, of leads that have been generated by marketing. And for the most part, the, the sales team don't follow up with very many that are on that list, or at least it's very unclear as to which people are being followed up with, other than saying, well, we don't really particularly want people who have got a certain type of email address. Now, that could be quite discriminatory because as a finance business, just because somebody is using a Hotmail email address or a Gmail email address doesn't mean that they don't have funds to be able to invest. So what we were discussing was how the marketing teams, what they do um, prior to passing these leads over to the sales team. And really what this boils down to is actually the quality of the leads that are being generated. And we all know that the lifeblood of a business is to keep new leads, new inquiries coming in and keeping the sales funnel topped up. But if the quality of those leads that are coming through from marketing uh, and being handed over to sales are not of the quality that the sales team are looking for, then over time, the sales team aren't going to trust the leads that are coming over from that marketing team. So they're not going to, uh, with that lack of trust, they're not going to be following up on potential sales opportunities that might be sitting in there because they're kind of looking for the needle in the haystack. So... Uh, what we looked at was what was the process that the marketing teams are currently going through to get these leads over to sales and what could be done to ensure that uh, the sales teams are going to follow up on those leads. And the process that the, that marketing was following was one that I see common in loads of businesses. So you have uh, people inquire on a website. So you've got a website form. Uh, somebody fills in that form with their name and email address to download a document that they might be interested in. And then all of a sudden, that person is now a sales ready lead. Now, when you think of it in that context of somebody filling in a form to download a document, and that is the very first interaction that that person has with your organization, it's pretty unlikely that that person is a sales ready lead. However, those were the leads that were being passed over to the sales team. So we say, oh, somebody's inquired on the website. Brilliant. They're interested in us. Quick, toss it over to sales. Let's make a sale. But you know what? Most sales reps don't want those kinds of leads. And what's needed is a very clear definition from sales of what they consider to be someone who is someone they want to have a conversation with. 
So what are the features? What are the uh, parameters of that inquiry that mean that I'm interested in following up with them. So it could be that we've qualified the budget. It could be that we've gathered some information either about the business or about the person that really indicates that they're in a position to uh, start engaging in the sales process. And simply downloading a document doesn't mean that they are ready to go through the sales process. But there's no clear definition of what the sales teams are looking for and what they consider to be a qualified lead that's passed over to them. So to help resolve this issue, um, we got the head of sales and the head of marketing to actually sit down and talk together and for them to generate a clear document that outlines the criteria for a sales ready lead. And with that criteria defined, the marketing team can then go and ensure that Their activities are around creating leads that meet that criteria. And that might mean that some work needs to happen to them or some uh, follow-up nurturing needs to happen to determine whether or not they are qualified and ready to hand over to sales. And what this is likely to mean is that there's very fewer leads that are passed over from marketing to sales, but those leads that are passed over are qualified and are the ones that the sales team want to follow up with. So not begrudgingly, they haven't got a spreadsheet of 100 names and they want to try and themselves fish out the ones that might be interesting. What we want marketing to do is to hand over to the sales team um, a targeted list of people who exactly meet the criteria that sales themselves have defined saying these are the types of people that we want to have conversations with and uh, and this is the position that they're in this may be the budget that they have Uh, these are their pains this is what they're looking for and once we know that they're looking for this then we're ready to have a sales conversation so armed with that information we have two very clear metrics that can define how well marketing is doing and how well sales is doing So armed with this definition of a qualified lead that both sales sign up to and marketing sign up to, the marketing teams say, right, we will go out and we will find those people and pass them over to you. And our metric that you can measure us on is how many of these we create per day or per week or per month. It is the number of qualified leads that we pass over to sales. However, those qualified leads must all meet the criteria that have been laid down. And if they don't meet that criteria, we will not hand them over. Because the marketing success or the success from marketing comes from generating these qualified leads that are ready to have a sales conversation. So that's the metric that marketing owns. The sales reps then own the metric of sales conversion because if we pass over a targeted list of qualified leads that exactly match the criteria that they themselves have set down, then how good that sales rep is at converting the lead into a customer is the metric that they need to be measured on and that is the sales conversion rate. And from a business perspective, this means that there's no hiding from either of the teams Sales can't blame marketing for passing over poor leads. 
Marketing can't blame sales for not following up on the leads that they pass across. This agreement between marketing and sales on what a qualified lead is, is critical to the success of measuring these metrics. The numbers on their own don't work without the definition of this qualified lead. So this definition of a qualified lead doesn't need to be a big document. It can be a one-pager that simply outlines from the sales team what they are looking for from a new inquiry. And when that's signed off by the marketing and the head of marketing and the head of sales or whomever the people are that, that were in, in your business that would agree this or sign this off, it is marketing's job then to go and find people who meet this criteria. And part of their process may be capturing contact details on a form, but there then may need to be other activities, nurturing activities. There may need to be calls that are put in from the marketing team to establish whether somebody meets that criteria before they're passed over to sales. So this clarity on the responsibilities, clarity on the metrics and measures are what's going to define the success for the business. Sales isn't interested in the number of website visits or the the length of time that somebody might have hovered over a button or how long they've been sitting on the database. What they're interested in is that this person meets these criteria and they're ready to have a conversation with the sales team. So get yourself clear on responsibilities. Get clear on these metrics, the number of qualified leads being generated by your marketing activities per day or per week or per month, whatever the time frame is, but make sure there is a time frame that you're measuring these in. And then also look at your sales conversion rate. So it's taking these qualified leads and what percentage of them are turning into customers because that is then a guide as to how good your sales reps are, how good your sales process is. So clear on the metrics, clear on the responsibilities and get this agreement in place between marketing and sales on what a qualified lead is. Time now for our super fast sales hack. And I was chatting with uh, one of my clients yesterday. He's uh, somebody on our accelerator program and he runs a business in the food and beverage industry. And we were talking about uh, December and January as time periods as to when they have busy periods and less busy periods. And, and this client didn't want to push for more orders in December because that would drive down the number of orders that he would get in January. And so it would skew his numbers and it would look like December is artificially big and January is artificially low. But he's looking at this very much from an accounting perspective. What does the P&L look like in December and carry forwards of costs and all that kind of stuff uh, compared to January? And I invited him just to turn it on his head and say, well, actually, if you encourage your customers to stockpile in December to ensure they don't run out over this festive period, and actually there's no risk of your product going out of date over this period, but if you encourage them to stockpile in December so that you are very busy in December, and yes, you're going to have a quieter January, well, if your December numbers are boosted by those existing uh, existing customers and January is quieter, then you have more time to be focused on new business generation in January. So rather than being 60% busy across both both months, if you get 100% busy now and you're only 20% busy in January, then 80% of your time in January can be focused on new business development. 
So if you are in a business where you you can generate additional orders in December to have customers stockpiling over the festive period, and the impact of that would mean lower orders in January, then take the orders now and free up your time in January to focus on new business development. Because if they buy now, you free up more of your own selling time in the early part of 2019 to get a great start to the new year. So wrapping up, let's have a look at our final takeaways. Make sure you focus on the number of selling days left this month. There are not many. And if you sell business to business, in all likelihood, you only have 15 selling days this month. Put in place uh, an agreement between your sales and marketing teams about what constitutes a qualified lead and stick to it. Doesn't matter if your marketing team is outsourced or you're using another company or other people. Get a clear definition of what constitutes a qualified lead and put that agreement in place. And then ensure that you have those two important metrics. The number of qualified leads that you generate per week and the sales conversion rate. Where marketing owns the qualified leads and sales owns the conversion rate. Then take a look at focusing on making December as big as possible and use any downtime that this frees up. Use that in January for your new business development activities. Next time, we're going to be dipping into some sales psychology and sharing some simple tips that you can use to improve your sales conversion rates. Look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast. If you want magical numbers, listen to Matthew. If you want them faster, visit matthewday.com forward slash faster.